Welcome to the Horsewise Podcast with Lynn Reardon, where we share stories of horses and people and what they teach each other. On today's episode, I talk about fear, specifically the fear of running out of time to learn everything you want. I hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Hi everyone, I'm Lynn Reardon, the host of the podcast and head coach at Horsewise. Today I'd like to talk to you about a certain kind of fear, and this particular podcast episode is going to be the first in a group of podcasts that I will call the F-Word series. F-Word, of course, being fear. So each podcast episode in this upcoming group will focus on a certain kind of fear that I have particularly noticed kind of along my way in my horsemanship journey, either fears that I've had or fears that I hear other people expressing quite often who I work with. This fear is a little bit more of an intellectual fear, if that makes sense. So I was at a clinic recently and I was talking with a group of people afterwards, all students, super cool people, really great clinic. And one of the students said that she had this almost sense of panic, that she was going to run out of time, that she wouldn't be able to learn all of this, this, this type of approach to horses, this horsemanship philosophy that had been the core of the clinic. And, and she had a genuine you know, concern in her voice. She felt like she had maybe spent a lot of years, quote, not doing it right. Uh, and that now she was discovering this better way or this more effective way of connecting with a horse and helping a horse, not only physically, but also mentally, so that there would be a different kind of balance between the horse and the rider, a different relationship, a different connection. Still very practical, not talking about an astrological connection or a chakra connection, but an actual connection based on respect, on helping the horse with its feet and with its mind. So as she was sort of relating this fear of hers, I was really enjoying a giant barbecue BLT sandwich. So, so my brain and my mouth were pretty occupied and I did not have a thoughtful reply or comment to make in that actual moment. But I thought about it quite a bit. And when I went home, I really had it on my mind that this idea of panicking that you would run out of time to learn something, uh, feeling that you had essentially become so far behind because you didn't get exposed to this type of horsemanship earlier, or you wasted years and years doing the wrong thing in your, from your perspective in that moment. And so there, there's a couple of things that had I not been chewing so assiduously on my PLT sandwich that I would have liked to have said to that student, uh, particularly with a little more time to think about it. And here's what I'd like to say. First of all, panic is never a good framework for learning anything or accomplishing anything. So if you're feeling a sense of panic that you need to catch up or that something is horribly awry and that you need to somehow correct it all as soon as possible to do a do-over, so to speak, as soon as possible, that's already gonna kind of get you nowhere. It, It seems productive, it seems productive to go, I have to right now go take care of this, or I, I feel so concerned that I won't have time to do it. 
But uh, panic usually comes from, if you go to like a literal definition of panic, this idea that there are no other options except to sort of emotionally collapse over a situation, whether it's a giant pterodactyl chasing you, you know, you kind of panic, screaming, soon to be eaten, or you have more of, again, a psychological or, or cognitive kind of crisis where you feel like you just have no idea what to do. And so you just throw a lot of emotion at it. Now, I would like to say that this person was not like throwing a lot of emotion. She certainly wasn't being hysterical at the barbecue place or anything like that. She was just kind of stating like, ah, this means so much to her that she really feels this sense of urgency uh, to make up for time that she had lost. But I'm just making more of a general point that if you are feeling a sense of panic about something and that you need to change or edit in your life or add to your life or delete from your life, pretty much it means kind of slow down and take a minute because nothing productive is going to come from applying panic to any situation that you would like to change. It just kind of makes it messier and doesn't put you in the position of kind of control of your own destiny. When you're panicking, you're saying, I've got nothing left but to panic. I don't have any other real framework again for addressing this, I've, I've kind of stepped aside as the master of my destiny, so to speak. So that's one element. The second element I would say, and this sounds kind of weird, so just roll with me, is when things are going well, when you're having a good life, a life of purpose and meaning and enjoyment and all of the things, you're supposed to run out of time. You're supposed to run out of time. You're supposed to be in the middle of so many cool things, continuing to learn and grow and chase after exciting things in your life that you run out of time. You drop dead in the middle of all of that. That is sort of the definition of a life well-lived that people go, oh, like she was in the middle of all these things. I, I would reference Betty White who died recently at age 99 and everybody kind of the overall reaction online was like, oh, she died too soon. It's like, wow, how great to have the kind of life that at 99 people are like, wow, too bad your life was cut short. You were doing so many things. You were reaching so many people. Um, and in general, if you look at people taking, going back to the subject of horsemanship versus celebrity acting, um, if you look at the best masters, whether historically, kind of the classical masters or whoever your idea of is as a, as, a, as a current master, whether it's in a particular discipline or in horsemanship and as a general field, the best of those masters, the best of those teachers are continuing to learn and grow in very significant ways. And they may not be talking about it as obviously, although I would again say that the best talk about it very obviously, that they are continuing to learn and grow. And they will be very open about one of the most major sources of education for them is learning from their own students. You know, nothing is more inspiring to a master teacher than watching people discover the craft for the first time and get so excited about the fundamentals. And it reminds that teacher of how much more there is to learn in the fundamentals. So I would just put that out there to anyone who's thinking that they're out of time. You know, the best people that you admire in the field, the really good ones, uh, the most excellent examples of teachers in the field, they are learning 
as they're going along just like you are. And they too will run out of time because they're doing it right. They're continuing to grow and add to their knowledge base. They, there will be no time where they sit back and go, checked it off, the, completely checked that box, mastered horsemanship. The classic story, the meme is that, you know, you have a, a horsemanship master or somebody in the horse industry who is excellent at their show discipline or in training, and they were sort of the top of their field. And then one horse came along that they could not understand. And that horse, that failure, so to speak, led them to go beyond their normal training. I mean, that's the classic story of Ray Hunt and the horse Hondo, that he could not, that he could not, he could not get that horse to quite work for him. And he couldn't figure it out. He used everything, every tool that he had in his toolkit. And Hondo is what led him to Tom Dorrance. So just a reminder again, that even the masters are going to run out of time and they're supposed to. You know, the worst thing, the worst, I think, this is just my personal opinion, the worst kind of death is to be sitting on a porch hoping that this is the day that you die because it's been the nine millionth day in a row that you haven't done anything interesting. You're just sitting there feeling limited, waiting to die. Your, your world getting narrower and narrower. So it's so much better to run out of time. So much better to be in the middle of it all, continuing to learn every single day, each new horse, each new person that you are riding with in a clinic, whether they're your teacher or your colleague, your fellow student or your own student, that they could be the ones that open up this next new door. That's living. That's the best way to go. And that means you're doing it right. You're doing it completely right. And you came to it at just the right time in your life, whatever phase of life that was for you, whether it was as a teenager or as an 80 year old, that you are feeling the sense of excitement and really wanting so much to learn it all and to keep learning and growing and worrying that you're going to run out of time. Just don't worry about running out of time. You're supposed to, like I said, you're doing it right. But it's just, it's so exciting that you're in that position. So many people go through life whether in the horsemanship field or in another area of life, and they're just going through the motions. They're just sort of repeating and rinsing and repeating things that they've done the same over and over again for decades. And then all of a sudden they're 90 and they feel like it's over. Um, so you're not in that category, which is really good. Um, and even if you are 90, you know, the Dorrance brothers, I believe Bill Dorrance lived into his nineties and he was still learning and growing all the way up to the end. And again, I point back to Betty White, not, not a horsemanship kind of lady, right? But she loved animals for sure. And she was continuing to be active in her field and, you know, give fellow actors, uh, you know, kind of crap on Twitter, which I always appreciate, and just generally sort of living large in every respect. Again, not just sitting on the porch. And one final comment I would make too is, and I don't think this was a factor with the person I originally was talking to in the barbecue restaurant, but there can be some teachers, again, whether it's in horsemanship or guitar instruction or whatever, whatever your, your passion is, who can inadvertently or even perhaps advertently uh, encourage a sense of panic in their students. It can be a way for a mediocre teacher, uh, a less refined and a less uh, truly ethical teacher to always feel important if their students always feel like they can never catch up to the teacher. 
you know, a really good teacher wants you not only to catch up, but to surpass them. That's like the goal of every master teacher. It's what they live for. So if you are, let's say, working with a teacher and you notice that a lot of the other students that work with that teacher are feeling panicked on a regular basis, that's something to maybe look at and reevaluate. And maybe you need to level up on your teacher. Um, because again, that sense of excitement should never really come with a sense of panic. It should always be like your teacher should always be so excited that you want to be learning as long and as far as possible that you're that excited about it. And some teachers too, you know, uh, they, they will envy you that in a, in a positive way, you know, just to, again, remind yourself that mastery isn't always what you think it is. Uh, the beginner's mind, the excited mind that is discovering things for the new, for the first time without a lot of, um, preconceived ideas of what is actually right and wrong. They're learning everything in that moment. Those are the students who have incredibly new insights because you're fresh, you have fresh eyes. And I know a lot of teachers who would really love to have those fresh eyes back and who, and to some degree, again, in a positive way, envy and admire their students for still having those fresh eyes. I hope you've enjoyed this first installment of the F Word series at the Horsewise podcast. I look forward to sharing more episodes in the future about fears that many of us experience in the horsemanship world. At Horsewise, I help people find the tools to understand their horse better and build a different relationship. If you would like more information, please visit my website at horsewisecoach.com. As always, thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.